Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Romans 12, 1 through 13. So what? That's often a very fair question to ask when you learn some new information. You learn something, you discover some fact, some knowledge. It's fair to ask, so what? What difference should this make in uh, in my life? And to be fair, sometimes that question can vary. Sometimes you learn some new fact and you say, so what? And well, it doesn't really change my life at all. But other things... Whoa, this totally changes my life. And we're going to see today a very clear pivot point in the book of Romans where where Paul is basically now starting to answer the so what question. And Romans, uh, much like especially Ephesians and also Colossians, there seems to be this very real shift where Paul has spent most of the letter talking about more issues of doctrine, and then he's going to shift and spend the rest of the book now really focusing on the practical outworkings of that doctrine. And we've seen that in the book of Romans. Romans is a very logical book. Uh, Paul is definitely trying to make an argument and you can see the progression of his thought as we look at the pagan world and then the the hypocritical religious people leading to the point in chapter three that all are under sin. No one will be justified by the works of the law, but there is a way through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's where We see God's righteousness provided for us, and it's to be received by faith. And then he builds that out, especially in chapters 4 and 5, and then starts to get into, it's not as if Paul has been entirely theoretical, because we do get into issues of sanctification uh, in the Christian life as we think through things in chapter 6, 7, 8, and then chapters 9 through 10, really thinking A lot of that flows from, okay, well, what about my countrymen, the Israelites who are not saved? What about them? And Paul has wrapped that up with that beautiful doxology at the end of chapter 11. So now, as we get into chapter 12, we pivot to, okay, let's talk about what this means. All this truth that we have discussed, all of this doctrine that is so gloriously true, so what? What difference should it make in our lives? And we'll see in chapter 12 a lot. And let's work through a few different parts of the passage today, starting with verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So what? In light of everything, Paul opens with this broad idea that you should offer your life and your body as a living sacrifice to God. Now, the imagery of sacrifice is something that you and I don't connect very much to today. I'm guessing most of you have never actually even seen an animal sacrifice in person before. But many of Paul's readers, if they were Jewish, that would have been something. And even the pagans with some of the the, the Greek god rituals, they would have been more familiar with this. And sacrifice is a rather comprehensive picture. The animal that is sacrificed 
doesn't just offer up a part of itself. No, the whole thing is offered up. The animal does not do well through the sacrifice process. The animal's life is over. So the imagery of sacrifice is very, very strong. Paul is basically saying, now your life, so to speak, is over. You are to offer yourself up completely to something new and really to God. You are to offer up your life as a sacrifice to God. And then he says, this is your spiritual worship. Now that word spiritual could also be uh, translated logical or reasonable. And I think that makes a lot of sense. He's saying that this makes sense in light of what God has done for us. And we can't stray from the very clear message of Romans that we are saved by faith, not works. This is not an attempt to pay God back. We, we can't do that. We can't even begin to do that. Uh, it is just a logical response. God has done, done so much for me. I owe everything to God. It only makes sense that I would give my life to serve him. That makes sense. And it does have also the idea of spiritual worship and that we give our bodies to God as a living sacrifice, not through ritual, not through something like sacrifice in the act of it. It's more the idea of it. I'm offering my life to God in a spiritual way, not just through rituals or ceremony, but all that I am, all of my being now is offered to God. And that is going to lead me to now think in a different way. That's step one. Okay, well, what is offering my life to God as a living sacrifice look like? Well, the first thing is verse two. You need to change the way you think. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And that idea, don't be conformed to this world. I mean, think if you've ever you know, made something with plaster or, or something like that where there is a mold or even you, bake, you baked cookies and, and you cut them with a cookie cutter, right? That's, that's a type of a, a mold where you're trying to get something into a certain shape. And, and that's the idea there of don't be conformed to this world. The world is trying to, to put you into its mold. And when we look at other passages that remind us that the world is under the spiritual direction right now of the devil, he he is trying to get people to think his way. Now, I do think the devil has several different cookie cutters and molds because um, even as we've seen in Romans, that paganism can look different ways. There's the out and out rejection of God in the world, but there's also some that look religious but are hypocritical. There's different molds, I think, that Satan wants to press you into. But you need to respond to that and not just allow that to happen. And you do that by being transformed by the renewal of your mind. And I don't think there's any way for us as Christians to do that without God's word. We need God's truth to direct us. We need God's truth to transform us. That's how we're going to know what is good and acceptable and perfect. So based on all that God has done for you, God Everything I have now belongs 
to you, God. And I think you even see this in stories or in movies. Someone saves someone's life and you, that person is like, well, but now my life belongs to you because I wouldn't have a life without you. That's a little picture of the mindset that we should have. And that begins with our thoughts. Okay, God, you have my mind and I'm not going to let the world squeeze me into its mold. I am going to follow you. And I'm going to let my mind be transformed by your truth. Now, the next thing we get to this offering my life as a a spiritual sacrifice to God, it is not something that involves just me. This is not just between me and Jesus. If you're going to offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God, that is going to necessarily include God's people. And that's what we see really in verses three through eight, because it starts getting into the life of the body for it makes it clear we are members of one another. And this is actually one of my favorite one another's in the New Testament. We talk about that sometimes, uh, the commands in the New Testament, where we see that phrase one another. Well, this is a one another, but it's not even a command. It's just a statement you are members of one another. So you need to use the gifts that God has given you um, as a part of this body because you are connected to each other. And then it goes through various gifts. And really, you get the sense with all of them, we need to really lean into serving the body with our gifts. We should go for it in that sense. And so just, we'll get more into spiritual gifts as we continue through the New Testament. But one thing I would just encourage you to think about today is that based on this image of the body, be reminded, you need other people and other people need you. And that's really that just that fact, you are a member of the body. And if you think about your own body parts, they need one another. Same is true of the church. We need one another. So there's things you should receive through that, and there's things that you should give. And and the commands here, the instruction here really is more focused on the giving. Use your gift. And then we also see that interpersonal connection as we get into verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. And then especially in verse 13, you see that contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. I hope that you're getting a couple ideas from today. One, hey, all of my life now belongs to God, including and beginning with my mind. But then that can't be separated from being connected to Christ's people and serving the body of Christ. That's another important part of offering yourself as a living sacrifice. Uh, There's one other thing that I want to highlight. Verses 11 and 12 are particularly special to me. These are verses that have really encouraged me a lot in ministry. And I come from a, a school of preaching that really we try to emphasize that we have something to do when we hear God's word. We we need to know something or feel something or, or do something based on God's word. So we, we try to use imperative language in our points. And you get verses 11, 13, each one of them, it's like a three point imperative uh, sermon. Um, but these, the truth of these are very encouraging to me. Verse 11, do not be slothful in zeal be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. And that's a good thing for all of us. Don't be slothful 
in zeal, be fervent. That idea of fervent has um, the picture of, of boiling. So don't be slothful. Don't cool off. Uh, keep boiling. And that r- brings up the picture, right? If you want something to keep boiling, what do you got to do? You got to keep it on the stove. As soon as you take it off the stove, it's going to stop boiling. It's going to become slothful. So as Christians, and especially as we think about serving the body, we need to not be slothful, not be lazy in our zeal. We need to keep ourselves on the burner so that we are always fervent in spirit. And one thought that helps us do that is by remembering I'm serving the Lord. Even when you serve other people, that, that will be taxing and tiring to some extent because you're, you're dealing with other sinners. And sometimes people will reject you or even betray you in response to you seeking to serve them. But it's not really ultimately about serving them. It's about serving the Lord. So that's always an encouraging verse. And then verse 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. I think that's a great verse whenever we're going through something hard or unexpected. Hey, rejoice in hope. I've got hope. Remember Romans 8? The bad now isn't as bad as the future good is going to be good. And I need to set my mind on that more. And I need to be patient in tribulation, even reminding myself all tribulation is ultimately temporary for me. Even if I have some trial that lasts the rest of my life in the grand scheme of things, it is temporary. So I need to be patient. And throughout all of that, I need to be constant in prayer. And even that's one of the ways I can keep bringing myself from the trials back to hope. Prayer is also one of the ways I can keep my spirit boiling, keep that fervor inside. I need to be constant in prayer. So, so what? Well, what difference should all this great truth we've been seeing in Romans make? It should make all the difference. Your life now belongs to God, and that starts with your mind. And then that leads to God's people, and that should lead to a constant fervor and hope that we have. And again, all of that is really based on our hope in God and what He has done for us. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.